Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Several months ago, my husband and I started exercising a couple days a week with a group of friends. We meet early in the morning and we exercise. We have one friend who is leading the group. He's passionate about fitness and he loves to create new workouts for our group. Well, one morning we arrived at the gym and he told us all to grab some dumbbells, but he kept stressing the importance of choosing our weight carefully. That is all he would tell us. Grab your dumbbells, but choose your weight very carefully. That day he had planned for us to do an entire workout with the dumbbells. It started off fine, but before long, I noticed people walking to the dumbbells and choosing lighter backup weights in case the first selection became too heavy. It instantly reminded me that it's just like our sin and shame. We hoard it like something that we want to hold on to, even when we know that it's weighing us down. His words that day just kept ringing in my mind, choose your weight carefully. At the end of our time together that day, he yelled, drop your weights. And in unison, we did just that. We had exercised with them for quite a while, doing different activities, even running a lap with our weights. We had carried those weights like a trophy. When we got to drop them, it was a feeling of relief that we could finally let go of that weight. He immediately brought up a verse in Hebrews, which I want to read to you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. That day when we got to drop those weights, that's what we were doing. We were throwing off that extra weight. What are you carrying around today? What sin are you holding on to? What shame do you refuse to let go of because you're worried that others will find out about the past that you've been trying to keep hidden? In our ministry, we've recently been having the opportunity to meet with different groups of people. It's been small group meetings. Sometimes it's just one or two people, and sometimes there may be 10 or 15 people. But one thing that has been evident in all of these small group meetings is hearing the past that so many people have dealt with and the shame that they've been carrying around. Things like unfaithfulness, abortions, divorce, the list could go on and on. There's so much shame that the enemy wants to keep weighing us down with. He wants us to be overwhelmed by the past and feeling like we can't have a future with Jesus because of what we've been through. And that's simply not true. Philippians 3.12 says, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verse 13, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's such a great verse and a great reminder that we have to keep pressing on towards the goal. We cannot stay stuck in the past 
And so often that is what shame will do to us. It will make us feel stuck in what has happened. The enemy wants you to feel like you're unworthy, you're unlovable, you're a mess because of what you've been through. If you're stuck in shame, the enemy can paralyze you from doing the work that God has for you. You might walk around wondering what would happen if someone found out about the secret shame that you're carrying around. What if my friends find out how bad our marriage really is? What if someone finds out about my abortion? What if my friends discover that I was the unfaithful one in my marriage? Fill in the blank. What are you worried about? What shame are you carrying around? My parents, Bob and Charlene, who started this ministry, divorced after years of a rocky marriage. There were good days, but there were a lot of bad days. My dad moved out of the house 18 times in 19 years of marriage. When things would get bad, he would pack a bag and he would leave. Sometimes it was just for a few hours and sometimes it was for a few days. But eventually he left for good. And during that time, that is when my mom realized what praying for her marriage was about, what the Bible said about her marriage. She realized what God wanted to do in their family. But during that time that they were divorced, my dad was involved with another woman. He was living a lifestyle that was not fully committed to Christ. He was living with one foot in the world and in sin and the other foot in the Bible. And you can't live that way. He carried around the shame of his past for a long time in that season and after that season. Even later in his life, he was still battling the enemy who was trying to bring up the shame from the choices he made throughout his early years of marriage and throughout the time they were divorced. We need to remember that Jesus died on the cross for each of us. He bled and died for that unfaithfulness, for that abortion, for whatever that shame is that you're hiding away. When my parents were in the midst of their divorce and separation, my mom would reach out to my dad. She wanted him to know that she was praying for him and that she loved him unconditionally, but he could not wrap his head around that unconditional love. He had so much shame that he could not understand how she could love him unconditionally when he was putting her through so much torture. Your spouse might be the same way. We've heard many prodigals who have said, I don't know how you can love me. I'm a horrible person. Why do you love me this way? That is their guilt and shame talking. If the enemy can keep us stuck under that weight of shame, we're ineffective for the kingdom of God. God has brought you through a past. You don't need to be ashamed of it. He has redeemed it. And it's important for us to be willing to share what we've been rescued from with other people. Let me read a verse to you from 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. We have the ability to comfort others because God has comforted us. So what shame have you been through that you've received the comfort of God from? Only God can take our mistakes and our wretched past and turn it around for his good. 
You don't need a platform. You don't need a microphone. You don't need a podcast. You don't need a marriage ministry. Every person listening to this has got a circle of influence. It might be coworkers. It might be relatives. It might be a neighbor. But you have somebody who needs to hear your story. What have you been rescued from? It's so important to give God the credit for what you've been through and continue to tell the enemy that we're not going to carry around that shame because God has redeemed it. When I'm sitting in my church, I often find myself looking around, wondering what the real story is behind families. I wonder what is their home life like? Do they pray together? Are they faithful to each other? Is there a hidden anger issue? Every church has families sitting in our pews who are struggling. Our family was the same way. When I was a child, my parents would put on what they would refer to later as the Sunday mask. We would get dressed up and pretend that everything was perfect at home. I'm pretty sure that most of our church family had no idea what was really happening in my parents' marriage. And that's the way it should have been. But I wonder what would have changed if my mom and dad would have been willing to talk to somebody about what they were going through in their marriage. I wonder what would have happened if they would have not had the shame of feeling embarrassed about the struggles they were facing, but opened up with people about it, opened up with a pastor more than once at the end when they had both reached the end of the road and they were done. What if early on they had found a couple who could be a mentor to them and could help them and could talk to them weekly to say, hey, how are things going? Are you communicating? Are you handling your conflict in a healthy way? I wonder what would have happened, but the enemy wants us to have so much shame over normal problems that we let things get big like a snowball. And before we know it, what started as just a little conflict in a marriage has turned into a family that's going through divorce. After my parents divorced, my mom was very intentional about not sharing private details of their divorce with the general public. She had one prayer partner that she would confide in, and that older woman, Frances, was the one who my mom went to And that's the one who prayed for my mom that she would not have shame over the decision she made to divorce my dad because she was the one who finally pulled the plug and said, I can't do this anymore. We need to divorce. Telling everybody your past or your shame may not be the way to go. You need to seek the Lord and let him tell you what should be shared. But I can tell you that especially if you're in the midst of it, God is probably not going to be honored by sharing all of those details with people. When your marriage is restored, you may have a desire to share immediately with others what God has done in your marriage, but you need to speak to your spouse and wait for your spouse to come to the same place where you both agree that it's time to share more of your story and how much of your story you're going to share. It can be such an encouragement and a blessing to other people, but especially in the case of a restored marriage, that's not going to be an encouragement for your marriage unless you're on the same page. I don't know anyone this side of eternity who has it all together. We are fallen, broken sinners. 
And it's important to remember that everybody has carried some sort of shame from their past. Don't get caught up in the comparison game. It's easy to get wrapped up in thinking, if I could just be like that couple, or if my husband would just act like that man, or if my wife would just cook like that woman cooks. Be like Jesus. The enemy wants you to feel like you have too much shame and that he can't use you for his glory and that your story is too broken. There's no hope, but that's just simply not true. In Genesis, we find the story of Abraham and Sarai. I would encourage you to grab your Bible in the coming days and read through Genesis chapter 16, 17, and 18. It's a wonderful reminder of what destruction can come when our impatience and our shame overwhelm us. Let me sum it up for you. Abraham and Sarai were married and had no children. And Sarai had become very frustrated because she wanted to give her husband children. So instead of waiting on God's timing, she decided to manipulate things and take matters into her own hands, and she offered her maidservant Hagar up to her husband. Well, Hagar became pregnant, and Sarai was going to raise the baby as her own. She thought she finally had what she actually had wanted all along. It didn't take long for her to be filled with shame over the choices that she had made, over giving another woman to her husband and not waiting on God's timing. Between Sarai and Abram and Hagar, there was a lot of shame to go around because they all made poor choices that would impact them greatly in the future. God made a covenant with Abram, and at that point his name was changed to Abraham. Sarai's name was also changed to Sarah. But the shame from what had happened in the past did not stop with their covenant and with the name changes. In chapter 18, God appears to Sarah and tells her, I'm going to give you a son. This time next year, you're going to have a son. And her response was that she laughed. And she probably did not laugh hysterically as in saying, oh, that's so exciting. I'm sure her laugh was a sarcastic, snarky laugh. In Genesis 18, verse 12, it says, So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Can you imagine arguing with God when you have done something and he's aware you have done something, but you're still arguing saying, no, no, I I didn't laugh, God. He knows and sees all. And we need to remember that. We trick ourselves with our past shame, with our past sin, and thinking God doesn't know that. That's secret. That's hidden. But nothing has been hidden from God. Sarah could have prevented a lot of heartache for her family if she would have waited on God, if she would have not tried to manipulate things in her own way. And you may have circumstances happening today that are a result of you manipulating things. But today, give that to God and let him turn that around for his glory. God has an amazing future planned for you and for your spouse and for your family. And we need to not let 
the shame of the past get in the way of the future that God has planned for you. I want you to take that mental picture of throwing those physical weights down when that workout finished and keep that with you. When the enemy tries to bring up your past and tries to help you get stuck in the shame of choices that you've made, I want you to throw off the weight of that shame and run to Jesus because that is when things are going to change in your life. That is when you're going to see God restore and heal. In our family, the day my mom went to that altar on that Sunday morning and told God, I'm sorry that I never asked you what you thought of my marriage. That is the day that she threw off the weight. And she had to admit that while she was not a perfect spouse and my dad was not a perfect spouse, she was the one who sought out that divorce, who finally said, enough is enough. I'm getting divorced. And she had to repent for that. She had to take the shame that the enemy wanted to keep reminding her, well, you're the one that asked for this. This is what you wanted. And she had to let God turn that around and he can do it. So maybe you're in that same situation. Maybe you're the one who sought the divorce. Maybe you're the one who was unfaithful and that started marriage problems. Maybe you're the one who has lied to your spouse about things. Whatever that shame is, throw it off and run to Jesus. We've had a couple of people recently that we have met with in our small groups who are struggling just like Sarah. They want children, and right now they're in a fight for their marriage, and it looks like they'll never get to be a mom. It looks like restoration is not going to come, but we know that God is able to do more than we can ask or imagine, and the shame that these women have been carrying around because of the choices they made that have helped get them where they are today is what the enemy wants them to stay stuck in. But they don't have to stay stuck there. They can throw that off and run to Jesus. Grab your Bible. The Bible is filled with truths, first of all. It is not a storybook. It is the true word of God. Go read through the people in the Bible that are so broken and so damaged, but God used them and restored them and brought about change in their life. I love Liz Curtis Higgs' book, Bad Girls of the Bible, and I think she's got a couple others that are like really bad girls of the Bible and slightly bad girls of the Bible. The Bible's filled with people who have shame, people that are just like you and I, that have a past. Don't let the enemy trick you into thinking that your past and your shame is beyond what God can restore. If you go back through our podcast and listen to the But God podcast, at the end of that podcast, I read through some facts from the Bible of broken people in the Bible that God used. And I would encourage you to go listen to that episode if you've not listened to it yet. God used so many people and he's not done using people. So he can use you. He can bring about change in your family and he can use the shame that you've been through for his glory. I know that some of you are dealing with shame right now because of the stand that you've taken for your marriage. 
You have family and friends that don't understand what you're doing. They don't understand why you would want to go through the heartache you're going through to wait for a spouse who seems uninterested in you. They don't understand why you don't just move on with life or look for somebody else. They don't understand why you don't buy into their theory that you deserve to be happy. And you might have shame in what you're doing as a person who is standing for marriage restoration. And I encourage you today to be bold and to proclaim what God has called you to do. We always use the example that you are a Noah for your marriage. When it seemed ridiculous for Noah to build an ark, he obeyed God and he built an ark for his family. And that's what you're doing today. Do not be shameful that it looks like a drought is happening all around you, but God's called you to build an ark for your family. Put that wedding ring on. Have that be a daily reminder of the covenant that you made that you're holding on to. You don't need to try to figure out the details. You don't need to figure out how you can manipulate things to bring about the result that you want like Sarah did. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus and let him be the perfecter of your life. My prayer is that you will depend fully on Jesus to redeem your past. Drop that weight, drop the shame, leave it behind and run to the cross and let Jesus use that sin and that shame from your past for him. Let him use it for his glory, for his kingdom. Let me pray for you today. Lord, I know that there's a man or a woman listening today who's carrying around the weight and the guilt of shame. They may be struggling with sin from their past, but Father, we know that nothing is hidden from you. We hide things thinking that you're unaware, but really you know all before it even happens. Lord, I pray that you would help each and every person who's listening to this to drop the weight of that shame at your feet Help us do that today. Father, I pray for those listening who may be like the women I mentioned earlier who are dealing with the guilt from abortions that they've been through. We know so many who have been in that situation and have chosen to take the life of their child. Father, I ask that you would heal their hearts as they cope with that fact that they took the life of this baby I pray that you would give them an opportunity to minister hope to another woman who is considering an abortion. Whether you give them an audience of thousands or an audience of one woman, I pray that you would use the hurt from their past choices to save the life of an unborn child. Today, there are people listening who have been unfaithful in their marriage, people who are struggling with sexual addictions or addictions to pornography. Again, they think they've gotten away with it, that their sin is private, that nobody knows. But God, we know that you know, and the shame that they're carrying is hurting them. So I pray today that they would leave that shame behind, that they would seek deliverance from you, God, for the past and that you would redeem it. Lord, we know that you have a future plan that is beyond what any of us can imagine. And I pray that we would not allow the enemy to use the shame of past decisions to paralyze us to be effective for you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen.
Keep throwing that weight off day after day and run to Jesus. And I can't wait to hear how God speaks to you in the coming days and how he impresses on your life the shame that you've been letting weigh you down and how you're going to throw it off. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.